This week, we are going to look into the false prophets. And that will help us to discern before the next two weeks, we will have two more warnings. Jesus, in the readings of today, starts saying to us, be aware of false prophets. Maybe it would be good to ask ourselves, who are these people? Who are those false prophets? For many people, a prophet is someone who tells us about the future. When you hear the word prophet, you think, oh, it's someone who will come and tell me what will happen in five years. Some people have this idea that a prophet is like a fortune teller. But that is not the picture that we see of the prophets in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, a prophet is someone who speaks the word of God. It's someone who proclaims the truth of the gospel to his people in the Old Testament. Let me ask you, how do today's verses, today's biblical texts, relate to the previous sections that we looked the last weeks about the wide and the narrow gate? Where if we look in the Old Testament, we will find, surprisingly, that God reminds us to be careful again and again about the false prophets. And you, may, and you may ask, why? Well, if you want to do a business, if you want to do a new business, let's imagine that you want to buy or build a house for your children. And you buy a piece of land. And once you bought the piece of land, you discover the sun is not a good one. And you build a house, the house can fall. It's very important where the sun is built. When I lived in Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro, there are poor people who build their houses in the mountains. When heavy rains come and the sun moves, the houses go and are destroyed. First prophets are people who give bad advice. That's why we have to be very careful about first prophets. In Deuteronomy, chapter 18, verse 22, it says that a prophet has to be 100% accurate and it has to be 100% accurate 100% of the time. If someone comes to you and speaks 99% of the times the right thing, but one time say, this does says the Lord, and what he's saying is not what God says, it is a false prophet. And that is dangerous because a prophet says he speaks in the name of the Lord. And the the Lord is jealous about what he says. In Jeremiah chapter 6, 14 and 15, we see a description of false prophets in this way. They address the wound of my people as though they were not serious. They say, peace, peace when there is no peace? Are they ashamed of the loathsome conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to brush. In the Bible, we see again and again 
descriptions of false prophets. But a false prophet is a pseudo-prophet, someone who looks like, but it is not. Even Paul, the, the Apostle Paul, in Acts chapter 20, verse 29 and 31, said to us, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the frog. Even from your own number, men will rise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. As I have traveled in different parts of the world, one of the things it breaks more my heart is when I see good men and women of the Lord Jesus Christ being deceived by false prophets, by false shepherds. And it is good to remind ourselves, as Paul does in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13 and 15, that Satan himself masquerade as an angel of light. It is no surprising then if his servant masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. That is why Jesus himself say, watch out for false prophets. But you see, watch out is because it's so difficult to discern who is a false prophet from who is a true prophet. It is even difficult nowadays to separate who is a proper good shepherd and someone who even know wears fancy dresses like I wear today, but they are not ready shepherds. That is why God said through Jesus Christ, test everything. Don't just accept someone because he speaks very nicely or he may, like me, speak with an accent or dress very well or maybe has a very nice personality. What God says is test everything, how they behave, how they treat to each other. Sometimes when I train new ministers, when I train new priests, I say to them, I will know how you are, Rari, if I come to your church, and when you don't see the I am watching, how you treat the least of the people in your congregation. Do you treat them with the same love and care and compassion that with those others who are important for you? In the book of Acts, amazingly, we see an example among the Bereans who they heard the word of God, but they went back and test and check if it, they were hearing it was true. You may ask me, what examples of false prophets, of false teaching do you see today? And I will say to you, too many. There are too many. Recently, someone came to me and said, what church in England, 
he asked me, what church I can go that I know the word of God will be faithfully preached today? And I would say, there are many faithful congregations, but there are many who are not. And it breaks my heart. That is why Paul warned Timothy in the second letter to Timothy, saying, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. False doctrines take us to paths away from God. Archbishop Carey, one of the previous archbishops of Canterbury, said, what you believe determines how you live. What you believe determines how you believe. That is why when we were reading the past weeks about the narrow gate and the wide gate, we realized how important it is to choose a way, a path, less travel, but it brings greater joy. The first prophet tries to remove the offenses of the gospel. A first prophet will try the words will feel us good. A first prophet will smile and when evil will say is good and good will say is evil. He will preach a lot about love God, but he will not talk about God's holiness. He will say that everything will be okay when everything is not. The first prophet doesn't like to talk about sin and total depravity and man's inability to do God on his own. Instead, he says man is basically good. He doesn't talk about the need for repentance and conversion. He talks about moral improvement. He doesn't preach Christ as our substitute who died on the cross in order to atone for our sins. He just talked around the cross. He talks about the people at the cross and becomes sentimental about the arms of Jesus stretching out wide in love. And that is true, but there is more. The cross is also foolishness to the Greeks and a stumbling block to the Jews. A false prophet rejects the word of Jesus, as we can see in Matthew chapter 7, 26. A false prophet brings human traditions as more important than the word of God. And we can read that in Matthew chapter 12, verse 6. A false prophet brings human rules and added to the word of God. And we see that in Matthew chapter 23. And also, in chapter 23, we see that God's word is undermined because it's only obeying those parts that we like. And I know it's hard because if we are honest with each other, 
even myself, there are parts of the Bible that I would be happy if they were not in the Bible. But those parts are the ones that challenge us to be better and to be more like Jesus. And that challenge to realize that we are human, but with the power of the Holy Spirit and the help of Jesus and God's grace, every day we can be more like Jesus. We can be more the image to Jesus in a world so confused it will separate us from false prophets. Paul did advice to the Corinthians and to even today to be warned, to be careful, not to be deceived or enslaved by the fine sounding arguments and philosophies of this world. And I have seen so many of our young people who has been raised in the church, going to the university, and the first year in university to lose their faith. Because they have been deceived by the sounding arguments and deceptive philosophies and the attraction they hear in the university. But also a false prophet will have a false conduct. We read, by their fruit, you will recognize them. And the fruits will help us to recognize what is good and what is not. All of you probably know or can think about someone who was part of this church family, who they came here and they talk the right things. They will come every Sunday. They seem to be committed to the church. And now when you see them in the street, on the supermarket, or maybe in Facebook, Instagram, or so many other social media, you realize they don't walk anymore with Jesus. They don't go anymore to any church. Or Anglicans for fathers call them temporarily believers. People who will walk for a season, but then will not walk anymore. Because walking as a believer is being transformed day by day by the Holy Spirit to bring the fruit of the Spirit to us. As John and I, we were traveling from his home to the church this morning, he was singing this beautiful song about the different fruits of the Spirit. Many times, if you remember the day you got married, one of the readings is about what is love. You remember love is patient, love is long-suffering. That verses remind us about the fruit of the Spirit. When we think about the fruits, 
it's obvious that we don't get grapes in an orange tree. My father has a vineyard in Spain, and we don't get grapes for the wine in orange trees. Neither we do in olive trees. When I was a young, when, when I was a child, I used to have to go to pick up olives. My father wanted me to learn hard work, and I was a child, and I could find any reason not to do any work at all. And I think now that I grow up, I think even though he took me to work with him, I think I was not helping. I was more someone in the way. But he wanted to teach me hard work. And I remember saying to him, it would be wonderful if the olives will be the size of an orange. <laughs> I could pick a couple of them and I would have the same amount of the olives. Sometimes Christians, we want to do the same thing. But every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. Sadly, in my experience, even being a bishop, I have been many times deceived by people who did look like angels of light. And after some years, I discovered they were wolves dressed as a sheep. It is very difficult to recognize them. If it would be easier to recognize a false prophet, Jesus will don't need to warn us. Therefore, brothers and sisters, as we began to reflect, let me say to you how we can recognize the good fruit. Where a good shepherd, a godly prophet, a faithful Christian will be filled with the fruit of the Spirit. And even I know that even when they don't act as they should, deep inside they want to change. I know in this church there is no problems. I know all of you like each other, you have fun, you never gossip, you never talk about badly about each other. That only happened in my church in England. <laughs> this is why I'm here. I love that you don't have all these problems. Even myself, I have a daughter who is nine years old. And I have found myself repeating the same words that my dad told me when I was a teenager. And I said to myself, I promised myself I will never say these words to my daughter or my son if I have one. And then I discovered myself saying those words in anger and then saying, I'm so sorry. Where a Christians were trying to love, to have joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. A good and faithful Christians tell others about Jesus. A good and faithful Christian worship the Lord. A good and faithful Christian help out the poor and needed, the widow and orphan, the sick morning. Good and faithful Christians are involved in the life of the church. 
and they have a passion for the expansion of the kingdom of God. Don't forget, good trees bear good fruit. And before you spare me out of this church because I preached for too long, <laughs> let me finish saying the first prophets make the bad trees and bad trees produce bad fruit and bad fruit and bad trees are burned in the fire. By the fruits you will recognize them. True prophets made the good tree and good trees produce good fruit and good fruit bring glory to God and bless each other. As people look Christ the King grace. Let me ask you, as they look to our church family, they will see a good tree or a bad tree. I know we are in a journey, and I am not saying to you, we have it all together. We need each other because we need you, and together we grow to be more like Jesus. And in this world of confusion, in this world where we watch the news on the television, and so many times we find ourselves with anger before the unrighteousness and injustice that we see. In the midst of all we are living at this time and age, what this world needs is Jesus. And today, more than ever before, the message of Christ crucified it's important. May the Lord bless you and be always with you, my brothers and sisters.